And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Million, and I'm your host, Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Wow, where do I even begin? I think the only way I can accurately sum up this game is third and 31. And I think that's pretty good just for the whole game. I'm going to start off with Christopher Johnson, who... Let me go back. I didn't talk about this earlier during the week, but I will talk about how his statements carried over to this game. Now, Christopher Johnson, I'm not going to be too hard on him like a lot of the media. Now, I understand when he called Adam Gase an offensive genius, that really took a hit to his credibility. He did not look smart for saying that. And, man... It backfired completely this Sunday. And the thing I look at for Christopher Johnson, this is why I'm not so hard on him. Number one, people thought it was a meeting because of the first week. It wasn't. He was scheduled to meet with the media, and since he hadn't done the preseason, he was scheduled to meet anyways regardless that day. But here's the other thing. Christopher Johnson is a very nice guy. I've met him. He wants to succeed, but he wants the guys he brought in to succeed. So when I saw the statements he made during the week, I took two things out of it. Number one, he was supporting his head coach after a bad loss. And here's the thing, it's an owner, he has to do it. It would look a lot worse if he came out and blistered his head coach, then it would make the Jets look even more like a dysfunctional organization, although I don't know how much more dysfunctional you can get at this point. The second thing, and I thought this was very interesting, was to me, what this was doing was a feeler. He was putting out to the team that he had confidence in this head coach and wanted to see how they would respond. And the first play of the game, they gave up an 80-yard touchdown run. And had no effort, and looked dead. And let's be honest, and I said this last week, we knew this was going to be a lost Jet fans. But you were hoping that there would be signs of life. And if you're Christopher Johnson, this has to be horrifying. Because you basically put it out to the team to say, hey, I support this coach, let's see if you support them. And you got a resounding no. And then you heard the press conferences after the game. I don't know which one was better. Jordan Jenkins saying that he is sick and tired of the attitude of this team, which to me was a shy case. Then you had Sam Darnold on that infamous fourth and one play where the Jets don't hand it to Frank Gore or don't do a quarterback sneak. Instead, give it to Adams for her, his first carry of the day, although I can't get on too much because Greg Van Rotten can't hold a block. But still... They asked Darnold about that, and afterwards, he basically told them that he's not allowed to audible. So that tells me, number one, Gase doesn't have faith in his quarterback to make an adjustment at the line. But number two is, and I think this is the most likely explanation, is Gase thinks he's so smart that his play's going to work. Man. This offense, just to put this in perspective, Sam Darnold, yeah, he had a 95 quarterback rating. But once again, he didn't get a touchdown till garbage time. They couldn't move the ball. And look, San Francisco is a great team. They have great depth. But Nick Mullins looked more comfortable throwing the ball down the field against the Jets. And uh, 
Adam Gase, you're not an offensive genius. Shanahan, now that's that's what an offensive guru looks like, uh, Mr. Johnson. He's just on the other team. There's so much that went wrong today. It was one of those things, today you were just looking for positives. And it seemed like every positive that you had from week one just disappeared. Marcus May did not have a good game. Gave up two touchdowns to Jordan Reed. The offense looked horrific. They couldn't get the ball moving. They couldn't convert on third downs. And look, Adam Gase, a great offensive coach, knows to adjust and understand the strength of his roster. Coming into this game, you dress four wide receivers. You have Chris Herndon, and you gave an extension to Ryan Griffin. Tight ends. Could you maybe get them more involved in the passing game? And here's the other thing, uh, Adam. If you're going to use receivers heavily in your game plan, why are you only dressing four, especially when one of them is not 100% healthy? And we saw it again today with Perriman, who left the game. And the Jets were down to three wide receivers. Everything the Jets have done has been horrible. And I'll get more to Gase and I'll get more to Sam Darnold. But I have to ask you this, Christopher Johnson. It To me, it's not if, but when you're going to fire Adam Gase. And if this continues, you can't let this continue throughout the season. Because this, this isn't just a bad team or a building team. The Jets are the laughing stock of the NFL right now. Did you hear all those analysts when they were asked to pick this game this weekend and they all laughed and smirked? Oh, you know, with the 49ers. This team, the 49ers, you got every break in the book. Their two best defensive players were out. Actually, I would say their best four players because four didn't suit up and Sherman didn't suit up. They lost their four best defensive players. They lost their starting running back, and they lost their starting quarterback for the second half, and you couldn't do anything. You can be a bad team, but at least give us some effort. And you know what this team did? They quit on this coach. That was a message to Christopher Johnson. We don't believe in this coach. We don't believe in this program. We don't believe in this organization the way it is currently constructed with him as a head coach. And nothing was more infuriating than watching this team down a couple of scores, kick a field goal in the third quarter when they're inside the 10-yard line. I'm sorry, but listening to Adam Gase almost brag to the reporters after the game that... You know, he just has to execute. The scheme is good. They just have to execute better. I'm sorry, Adam, but when most of your losses have been by double-digit losses in your career, you're 30 and 37 as a career head coach, you get blown out again. And you don't show any creativity. The Jets are the leaders in the free world of, on first down, we're going to run the ball right up the middle. And on third and long, we're going to run a wide receiver screen. It's embarrassing how easy they are to detect. And Sam Darnold gave you a big key. He's not allowed an audible. He might see something when the defense lines up where it looks like a good matchup. 
But oh no, Adam Gase, it's his offense. Can't you can't audible out of genius. Where's the genius? There was no effort today. It was as embarrassing as it could possibly be. And I'm a pretty positive guy. Even last week, I was saying, you know what? Marcus May looked great. There was a couple great pieces that looked great. The one thing I wanted to talk about and I, that I took from this game that was almost as a positive was a negative again. Because Quinton Williams has the game of his life. Two sacks, dominating up the middle, 10 tackles, looks absolutely incredible. Looks like he's a top five pick that the Jets were hoping for. And then he gets in the press room. And Quinton, here's a little bit of advice. I know you're pissed. I know that this losing sucks. But you're not Bill Belichick. You're not at Alabama. And oh, by the way, this was your one memorable game in your Jet career. So don't act to the reporters when they ask you about this game and you give them the Marshawn Lynch answer or a Bill Belichick answer saying, oh, we got to look at the tape. You don't have the right to do that. You don't have the judgment to do that. We know that because of your little excursion to the airport. So let me ask you this, Quinnen. Was it worth it? Because now the the media, the New York media, they were looking to make you the hero of the game. You were the one bright spot of this game. And you basically just thumbed your nose at them. Let me say this. Good luck, my friend. Because the New York media, they're not too nice. If you have a bad game next weekend or do something really stupid like you rough the passer like you were doing in that Bills game, they are going to eat you alive. They're going to absolutely roast you. Because this was your great chance. You had the you were the one jet that stood out in this entire game. You finally looked like you lived up to the expect the expectations. And you do that at your press conference? Jordan Jenkins at least has been here long enough. He's earned his stripes. And you know what? He was passionate. You just came off as arrogant and petulant. You have not earned any right on that team to act like that. You have been lucky because we talked about Leonard Williams last year for most of the year and not your terrible performance but this year you're in the spotlight this is supposed to be your breakout year he even said in camp watch out and you finally had that breakout game we were all hoping for the new york media was going to give you your date they were going to say you know what quinnon you're gonna have to talk about this loss but we want to talk about this great game of yours and instead you thumb your nose at them good good luck quinnon but this team they're they're going to be in the bottom. And I said this before the year. And I actually have to give Joe Douglas a little bit more credit than I think. I know people are going to rip him because they're seeing Robbie Anderson doing great in Carolina. But look, hindsight's twenty twenty, And let's be honest, Robbie Anderson was incredibly up and down with the Jets. And he went back to his old college coach Matt Rule who knows him incredibly well 
If the Jets gave him a ton of money and he didn't perform these first two weeks, we'd be killing him. So I can't get on him for that. And I know people are going to be looking at this saying, this team is terrible. Joe Douglas should have done more. What more could he have done this offseason? He's starting to work on the offensive line. This is a massive rebuild project. And when he traded Jamal, it took a lot of guts. But I think Joe Douglas was the only honest person in the Jets building. Where he looked at this roster and said, we're going to be terrible this year. He can say all he wants in the public that the guys are pissed off, that people are picking the finish so low in the AFC East or in the AFC but I think he realized I can pay Jamal, take up a massive hit on our salary cap, and pay a guy who's already not comfortable being here and sick of the losing on a team where we're probably going to lose a lot of games this year. And could you imagine if, let's say, best case scenario, Jamal Adams signed a $17 million a year contract and was still here. The Jets would still be getting blown out. But could you imagine how Jamal Adams would be right now with this losing? He would be furious. I mean, he'd probably be telling the Jets to trade him tomorrow. So you can't tell me that Joe Douglas at least had the foresight to say, okay, we're not going to be a good team this year. We're not going to be able to because I finally got my first draft underneath me. And you have to also understand, he's been on the job for a year, but really it's been less than a year because last offseason was his first offseason. And his first draft. So he's already kind of a year behind in the process. So I give him a lot of credit. I think he had the foresight to say, look, we're going to be a terrible team. We might as well get a lot of draft capital, and open up some cap space for a team that's going to be terrible. And for Sam Darnold, look, I have said this a lot on this show. I'm a huge fan. I think he has the talent to be a great quarterback in this league. But I've used the P word a lot, potential. But there's another P word that has to come out, and that's production. And I'm going to preface this by saying, I understand he has no talent around him. I understand he doesn't have a running game. I understand the offensive line is great. I understand he doesn't have good weapons on the outside. I understand that he has an imbecile as a head coach. I understand all of that. But through just two weeks of this season, I've seen things from young quarterbacks that I haven't seen from Darnold. And that's a spark. And in games like this, You look to a franchise quarterback to give you a spark. And Darnold hasn't done that. And yes, I know he was great. He was efficient. But he didn't take shots down the field. And the one touchdown, and I'll give him credit, it was a great play to break out of that sack, scramble and throw the touchdown. It was a great play. But like last week, it was in garbage time. It didn't matter. So when I look at around the league, Joe Burrow on Thursday night, His second game in an offseason where we didn't have a preseason. And yes, the Bengals have better receivers than the Jets. I get that. But they don't really have a running game. They have a worse offensive line. And he went on the road to Cleveland, who's on paper one of the most talented teams in the AFC, and went toe-to-toe with them and threw the ball 61 times. 60 
one time. This Sunday, I saw Justin Herbert, who was thrown into action because Tyrod Taylor had a freak injury against what many are considering the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And he went toe-to-toe in that game. I'm watching Kyler Murray in his second year, and I know he has great weapons. But man, that team, he sparks them. And I was reading something very interesting by Matt Miller this week, which was saying that the Jets and the Browns are starting to lose faith in their quarterbacks, both Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And I'm starting to see where that's coming from. And I get both are not in the best positions. Both have not had the benefit of good coaching. I completely get that. But I'm watching around the league. I'm seeing sparks from these young quarterbacks. And that inspires a team. And everyone can say how good Darnold has looked. How they have to do a better job about helping Sam. But through these first two weeks, he's not played well. Today was better because he was hitting open receivers. He was using his athleticism more. He wasn't as bad as Buffalo, but we're in year three. This is the time where we're supposed to be figuring out who Sam Darnold is at the height of his career. Like He's supposed to be coming into his own now. And I'm seeing some of these babies coming in. Like Joe Burrow. I did not think Joe Burrow had the same talent that Sam Darnold did. But am I confident that Sam Darnold can throw the ball 61 times in a game? No. And that's what you saw with Cleveland too. Cleveland has an incredible running game. They have an incredible offensive line. But did you see how they were kind of protecting Baker? They don't trust him. And I'm starting to get the feeling the Jets, they don't really trust Darnold. Because this team was behind in this game. And instead of being aggressive and trying to come back in this game and hurry up the pace and spread the defense out and try to take shots down the field, they were ultra-conservative. I mean, we were talking the game on the line, late third quarter, ball deep in San Francisco territory, fourth and seven. And the Jets kick a field goal, make it 24-6. What? If the Bengals were in that situation, you don't think they're letting Joe Burrow throw it? To me, that has to be concerning. And it's telling me that maybe Gase doesn't have faith in Darnold. Although, to be fair, I think it should be more the other way around. But if you're the Jets, this year, you have to see something from Sam. Because you can't give him a massive contract extension at the end of the offseason if you don't truly believe he's the guy. And if you're Joe Douglas, I guarantee you, right now, he is sending scouts to Clemson, he's sending them to Ohio State, and he's sending them to North Dakota because he needs a backup plan. And I said this when the Jamal Adams trade happened. And we have to remember this. Joe Douglas came in after Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was drafted by the former regime. What wins in this league? Getting a young quarterback for four to five years where you don't have to pay him. And right now the Jets are in year three, soon to be paying Darnold. Joe Douglas has the excuse that 
he can pick a new head coach at the end of the year, and he can pick a new quarterback. Because even though I love Sam, and Sam is incredibly talented, you need to see more from him. And I get the receivers are bad, and I'd like to see Joe Douglas get a receiver to help this kid. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to make the tough decision because even in this game, when the 49ers took their foot off the gas pedal late in the game, the Jets weren't aggressive. They didn't trust Darnold to throw the ball 15 yards down the field. They didn't trust him. They're down in the game to try to make a comeback. They were playing conservative. And to me, that's because they didn't have faith. Cincinnati basically said, we're down. Joe, throw us out of it. And he nearly did. And I'm going to finish with this. And you pretty much know where I'm going. To me, this coaching staff, it's run its course. And if I'm Christopher Johnson, I would do it at some point during the season rather than at the end of the season. Because... Of two reasons. Number one, you have to send a message that this kind of performance is unacceptable. And I've defended Greg Williams. I've been saying since last year, Greg Williams is the best coach on the Jets. But that defense today was atrocious. They didn't tackle. The effort wasn't there. And could someone tell me why Avery Williamson isn't playing? I get that he wasn't part of the Adam Gase regime but for God's sakes, he's got to be better than the middle linebackers they have out there. I understand he's coming back from an ACL, but he was healthy and ready to go today. And I'm just seeing the middle linebackers the Jets are throwing out, they're getting pushed around. I mean, this guy took a pay cut to still be on this team and you're not playing him. I, I don't get the coaching decisions on this team. And I don't think any Jet fans don't do, let's be honest. So getting back to what I was saying, The other reason I would make the decision in the season is not to get a head start on the head coaching search, but you have to send a message to these players. And Jordan Jenkins was saying it in the press conference today. He is frustrated because the attitude of this team stinks. And there's too many guys on this team that are not buying in and the attitude is terrible. You have to send a message to this locker room saying, we're not accepting that kind of performance anymore. And if you want your job or a job in the NFL, you're going to have to buy in. Because what I'm watching right now is a team, they've quit on their head coach. And they've quit on him in the second game of his second season. And that should tell you everything you need to know. And Christopher Johnson is eating his words right now. Because even though I know what he was trying to do was motivate this team, try to help his head coach out, he stuck his neck out there for his head coach. And like I said, I believe it was a test to this team to see how they would respond to pressure on their head coach And Christopher, you got their answer. They don't believe in him. And neither should you. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to be here every week as we recap every week of the New York Jets season. We'll be back for week three 
and our recap as the New York Jets look to finally get that first win of the season. All of my thoughts and reactions right here on Rich Sports Talk. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because you're not going to want to miss any of our latest content on the New York Jets.